0: anyway since we seem to be out of witnesses i thought i'd drink a little hey tyler how's it going
1: good rob how you doing
0: uh good good it's been a busy week Thanks to be yeah. picking up in the office or in my home office i guess how about yourself been crazy this
1: was a little bit of a hectic week but
0: uh yeah yeah same old same old well cool yeah we've made it to a friday afternoon and we talked a little bit uh before we got online about what we want to chat about today uh i haven't shaved today because i'm in the home office <laughs> excuse me but um and i'm just sick to death of covid so i don't want to talk about it anymore
1: i'm not even going to say it
0: good I did it. So I've, that's the end of it.
1: That's it. Uh, so we talked about it and, uh, I've been, I've been talking to you a bit about this. I've got this kind of new fun little project I've been working on. I'm going to open up uh, some seminars soon, uh, for people who don't have lawyers. What we usually refer to as self represented litigants and uh, the seminars are going to sort of help people to navigate the system. Uh, and I'm going to have kind of a variety of topics, and uh, it's going to help people navigate the system without the, without the necessary uh, retaining of a lawyer, or maybe not on a full scope anyway. So uh, so anyways, yeah, let me get into it. So when we deal with a uh, couple that are separating... Oh, wait a minute. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, right. We don't want to forget.
0: Straight law cocktail. Recipes online again. Where is it online? Where
1: do you have the recipe?
0: It's on our website.
1: Oh right, yeah. Okay. HdpLaw.ca.
0: Yes. So if you want to try a straight law cocktail, go to our law website and it'll show you how to make a drink. Perfect. Nothing else you get that out of our website. So I apologize for interrupting.
1: No, not all. Cheers.
0: Cheers. What are you drinking today?
1: I am back to an old fashioned. This one I have a a little piece of orange rind in it. Away from the ginger today, we got some fresh
0: I, oranges, so. and I've got my maraschino cherries. So beautiful. over here. So I'm sorry, I interrupted you. we were talking about oh, your project and self represented okay. parties, and
1: I jumped the gun a little. So, anyways, yeah. So that's a little project I've been working on, and uh, I'm going to base it on this theme that when people break up after a relationship where they've kind of commingled assets and income, or maybe had kids together, they kind of face typically what we would refer to as five issues, and sometimes there's issues underneath those or adjacent to them but the five issues are typically parenting child support spousal support or partner support uh, division of property and then at times the divorce itself and in our experience uh we've talked about this and you know typically we're seeing a lot of our clients come to us and want that divorce action started because eventually they want to get the divorce and these other issues are along with that divorce and so, I'm going to kind of do my seminars based on that, those five issues, and then to kind of go to, to sort of this how to do it uh, mechanism. And so, today we thought, wouldn't it be fun for us to go through a statement of claim for divorce and see how we fill that out and why and how that works? So, Rob, why don't you show us where to get a statement of claim template and what to sure. do with it?
0: Well, um, uh, So in Alberta, and and we should probably point out, the Divorce Act is federal, which means the legislation itself applies from Nova Scotia to Victoria. However, every province has its own procedures, which means their own forms. And so the forms in British Columbia, as you discovered last week, are very different than the forms in Alberta and so forth. Um, So we're talking about Alberta divorce. If you're watching this podcast or this uh, YouTube video, And you're in Saskatchewan or Manitoba um, this really won't be a ton of help but it might be similar it probably is going to be similar but uh, but your forms are clearly going to be different so if you're in Alberta and you want to start a divorce action the first thing you're probably going to want to do is you're going to go to albertacourts.ca www.albertacourts.ca And that's the basic website for all the courts in Alberta. And then you're going to go find the Court of Queen's Bench. Um, And so maybe I'll just, uh, I'll share that screen just for a moment so you can see what the Alberta Courts website looks like. So are we seeing that?
1: I see it now, yes.
0: Yeah, so here we are at the uh, albertacourts.ca. You can see the uh, address up there. Um, Now, uh, the divorce matters. Uh, commence in the Court of Queens bench. So this red website uh, portion in the middle, you point where it says Court of Queens bench, and you gotta click that. and It'll bring up something that looks like this. And so this is the Court of Queens bench website. Now, in a perfect world, it would say forms right here, but it doesn't. So uh, you gotta go hunt around a little bit uh, so you're going to go areas of law and you're going to say, okay, family. So I hope you could follow that. Areas of law, family, family law, forms. Now there are some instructions for divorce forms, uh, but we're sort of giving that to you right now. So just go to family law forms and you click that and it brings you up this. And then what you're going to look for, you're going to go scroll down here. Now, as you've said, Tyler, uh, usually you got a divorce and you're also got to deal with some property issues. And so you may want to start a statement of claim for divorce and division of matrimonial property. Now it's actually family properties, uh, since January. Um, but for now, we're just going to talk about statement of claim for divorce. Simple, simple. And we'll find out it's not quite as simple as you would like, but statement of claim for divorce. So well, why don't we just click on download and we can open that up. And so what the Court of Queen's Venture in Alberta has done is they have provided fillable PDF forms to make it a little bit easier. So that's a good thing to start with. So, um, so we can see that. Um, now, as you kind of go through this, you'll see these little blue areas. Those are the things you basically need to fill out.
1: So, so the top talk there under court file number, uh, let me hop in. You wouldn't yeah. fill, you don't put anything in yet because you don't know what your court file number is gonna be. You leave that blank. The clerks, when you go to file this and pay your yeah. $260 filing fee, they're gonna fill that in for you. They'll give you a number at that point.
0: Yeah, so your action number starts once you've filed your document. They assign a number and that will be the number for every document you ever uh, file in that action. You're in the Court of Queen's Bench of Alberta, but there are several judicial centers in Alberta. So you gotta select one. And as you see, there are several judicial centers. We are in Lethbridge, so we would click Lethbridge. If you happen to reside in one of the other judicial centers, you would click on that. So far, pretty simple. Now, before we get into the next stuff, uh, I'm gonna stop sharing this just for a moment so you can see my lovely face again. Um, uh, a a word of advice, um, before you commence your action, I would order a marriage certificate. Now a marriage certificate is issued by the, uh, uh, government authority where you got married. So if you were married in Alberta, you're going to order a marriage certificate from, um, the Alberta government. And you can get that from a registry uh, center, basically anywhere. Alberta. If you got married somewhere else in Canada, then you're going to want to contact those jurisdictions and you want to get a marriage certificate. And the reason is too often, even occasionally for lawyers, we'll commence an action and we don't have the particulars correct. The way that people filled their names in on their marriage certificate is how they want the divorce action resolved. And so you want your statement of claim for divorce to mirror what your marriage certificate says now if you happen to have been married outside of canada you can't rely on your certificate you have to do a thing called ultimately when you actually apply for your divorce prove the divorce in solemn form we won't get into that today Uh, if you want a little more information on that we'd be happy to reply to that if you want to send us an email Um, so before you fill out the plaintiff my advice is get a marriage certificate and make sure you got your name right. Because I've had many divorces where people say, you know, my name is John Robert Smith. And then we get the marriage certificate and it's John R. Smith, or it's just John Smith, or it's Robert Smith, or it's Bob Smith. And what'll end up happening is you'll have to amend your your style of cause later. And it's just another headache that you don't need. So start out right, get the marriage certificate and get your information to be exactly the same as your marriage certificate
1: on so, that note i've had a few funny ones where my clients have the date of the marriage wrong uh, so yeah get that marriage certificate not a bad idea yeah
0: that happens <laughs> um, so uh just following on the form and i'll just describe it for the moment see so got plaintiff that's the person starting that would be you the defendant that would be your spouse the other party and again, you want that name to be just the same as it is on your statement of claim, or I mean on your marriage certificate. Uh, sometimes people say, well, I wanna sue my husband's girlfriend. Um, under the divorce act, you can't add another party without leave of the court. And typically there's no point in adding a co-defendant being a paramour or something like that. Um, you only want people in the action that you need relief from. There are occasions where we'll add other parents Um, but you you don't need to worry about that. We're just talking about your straightforward garden variety divorce. So defendant is your spouse. Uh, Address for service is the next thing you're going to fill out, and that's going to be where they're going to serve documents. It is worthwhile to know once you file this, these people are going to serve you at that address. And I've seen situations where self-reps don't understand that You don't need to get personally served with anything once the action has been commenced. And so it's up to you to make sure that you check that location for documents. So if you get served with some sort of an application a week or two down the road, there's no excuse to go, well, I didn't check my mail. So make sure the address is accurate and make sure that you regularly check for mail. Um, and your contact information, you have to have a phone number. If you have access to a fax, you should put a fax number in there. You can put an email address in, but again, you better be monitoring that regularly if you're going to use email.
1: And it doesn't hurt to have, you know, kind of good rapport with the other party or their lawyer so that you make sure you're all in constant communication with anything that's going to happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um so, I mean, so we're kind of going to go through this. A little bit of it's mundane. We're going to get into some issues, though, that are going to be a little more uh, interesting um, and confusing, maybe is a better word. So, so you're basically following along your marriage certificate, date of marriage, where you got married, and the place they don't need an address. Lethbridge, Alberta, Calgary, Alberta, Cardson, Alberta, Las Vegas, Nevada. Just basic. Um, when did you start cohabiting? If you lived together before you got married... Um, the court wants to know how long did you live together before your marriage so you're going to have date of marriage you're also going to have date of commencement of cohabitation and then when did you separate uh, now what does separation mean tyler
1: so separation can be a little bit tricky oftentimes and make it really clear is going to be well you don't live together anymore but that's not always the case sometimes you can live together and still be living separate and apart so the court will often look at several factors to determine what that is. But a really good way to define what your date of separation is, is the date that one party communicated to the other that they wanted to live separate and apart for the purposes of obtaining a divorce.
0: Yeah. So it's not uncommon that people file a statement of claim for divorce and they're actually staying in the same house.
1: Not uncommon, yeah.
0: Um, a good rule of thumb is, are you sharing a bedroom?
1: Although right. not necessarily, but that's a not good rule of thumb. Not necessarily,
0: but... If you're if you're sleeping in the same bed, um, that's probably a little problematic to assert that you're separated for reasons that we'll get into as we go on. So when did you end your relationship in the sense of you were no longer living together as husband and wife? Uh, You're not sharing meals. You're not doing duties for each other. You're not sharing uh, a bed. You're not intimate. Um, Not wearing wedding rings of separation. Yeah. And then again, there's some mundane information, but it's important to get it accurate. What's your address? Date of birth, place of birth, surname at birth. Fairly self-explanatory. What was your last name the day you were born? surname name at date of marriage. That could be different. Sometimes you have a second marriage and you're still using your ex-husband's surname. And what was your marital status? Now, I have a bit of a sort of a, a bugaboo about this because I've seen people say single. Um, single doesn't mean anything. Single means, I guess I'm not married. Um, I still use archaic terminology. If you're a woman, you're a spinster. If you're a male, you're a bachelor, if you've never been married before. If you've been married before, you're divorced from a previous marriage. You can't be married at the date you your divorced. That would be called bigamy. And even in Southern Alberta, that's illegal. <laughs>
1: okay
0: <laughs> even in the state of utah as far as i understand um little dig uh, my former partners royal mormon uh and the same of course,
1: course with good fun we're
0: just having a good time yeah uh it's so gonna fill all that stuff up Residents. so the plaintiff or the defendant and you fill in either or has been ordinarily resident in the province of alberta for at least one year immediately preceding the date of the statement of claim that is rather important but sometimes ignored so i have seen lawyers that file a statement of claim and their clients been in alberta for three months so they've moved here from saskatchewan or British columbia and the problem is you don't have jurisdiction and you can end up losing your action you lose your action and the other spouse files a statement of claim in saskatchewan or bc you got to. Big pain in the neck because now you got to travel and get lawyers in that jurisdiction. So don't try filing a statement of claim of divorce if you haven't been ordinarily resident in Alberta for at least one year before the day you file it. Um, If that means you got to wait, wait. Now, if you have an urgency, you can seek relief uh, under other legislation, under the Family Law Act in particular, if you need a parenting order or support order. But don't commence a divorce until you've established jurisdiction. Um, and why is that, Tyler? Why do why, why do they care? Why why is that part of our statement of claim? Uh, it's part of our statement of
1: claim because, of course, you know you don't want to have competing actions, right? So you don't want to have somebody filing in BC and in Alberta, uh, and you want to be able to deal with the property uh, wherever the property happens to be, and then you have to have property. The court has to have proper jurisdiction to deal with the property issues. Um, and of course it'll matter as to where the children are living if there's children uh as well for jurisdictional issues and for well what are we going to do with these kids
0: yeah and, and my sense is um we've got uh separate jurisdictions across canada between provinces and territories and inherent in that is the idea that people people could be filing claims in in different places and the courts waste enough time and resources as it is without having people commencing an action and they've been in Alberta for three days. Yeah. Just have the court have to make a formal order, moving the action back to British Columbia or Saskatchewan. So the concept is if you're going to file a claim, you have to have pretty clearly established that you've got some connection to this jurisdiction mm-hmm. um, uh, for reasons of efficiency, but also for reasons of fairness. Uh, if you've been married for tw- 20 years in British Columbia and you're in Alberta for a week, you shouldn't think you're going to carry the divorce out in Alberta. So that's why that's there. Uh, then you've got to establish grounds. And, and I always find this kind of curious personally. Um, you have to, you can't get a divorce because you and your spouse go, I break with thee, I break with thee, I break with thee. Right? Uh, a little harder to get a divorce than it is to get married. Yeah. Right. You, you want to get married? It's like, are oh, you married? to go, yeah get married. You don't get divorced, you need approval of the crown, right? (laughs) Some judge has to anoint you with his blessing for the termination of your union, uh, which is based on grounds for divorce. Um, And the grounds for divorce in Canada are that you've been separate and apart for a period of at least one year by the time the divorce is concluded. Now, it's important to know, we talked about jurisdiction, Uh, you can file a statement of claim based on a one-year separation even if you've only been separated for a week. But you can't use a one-year separation as a grounds for divorce until you've been separated a year. So a lot of people will file for divorce inside of a year um, and then they wait the year and then they file because at that point, there's no need for further evidence other than advising the court in affidavit form typically. I've been separated and apart for over a year. Um, Now you have grounds. So to you be clear, could. you can file the statement of claim
1: even though you haven't been living separate and apart for a year, but you can't get the divorce granted until the year of separation.
0: Based on one year separation. Now, right. there are other grounds for divorce. Um, uh, adultery is still a ground for divorce. So in theory, you'd get a divorce in a month if you can establish to the court uh, evidence of adultery. And we uh, joked about this offline a little bit. Adultery is a very specific thing. It is having sexual intercourse with a person other than your spouse without their consent or approval. Um, So if you're into wife swapping adultery uh, during that event,
1: uh, not going to work for you to get it.
0: Um, And it's interesting. I've had a lot of people want to claim divorce based on adultery. uh, And I'll say, what's the evidence? Well, I found this girl's phone number in his phone. That's not adultery. Um, I drove by her house and his car was there. That's not adultery. You have to establish on the balance of probabilities that your spouse had sexual intercourse with a person other than yourself. That is difficult to do.
1: Yeah, it is. Now, In fact, it's so difficult. We typically, I don't think I've ever actually got a divorce on those on that ground before. And And to think about what it is you'd have to prove, I actually go back to my law school prof, who's now a, a judge, and I had to think, well, what did she say it was? And there's, you know, yeah, balanced probabilities. You got to be able to prove that that
0: probably happened. Now, the only times that I typically allege adultery is when the other party is prepared to admit it right. in a formal way. And so, uh, but even that, I, I had an interesting file, man, it's probably 20 years ago now, where my client was alleged to have committed adultery and the wife wanted a divorce and he said, that's fine, I don't want to argue about it. And so the affidavit was filed and my client filed a statement saying, I acknowledge that I had sexual relations with a person other than my wife uh, without her knowledge or consent, um, you know, prior to her date of our separation. And this went to a judge who's now passed away. And the judge rejected it, saying there's insufficient evidence to establish adultery. And so uh, being the smart ass that I am, I prepared an affidavit and my client was happy to participate. And I literally wrote it out like a penthouse forum letter. Oh, geez. And it was kind of something like, um, I was having drinks with friends at a local watering hole. And I saw this woman across the bar. She looked at me and smiled. I looked at her and smiled. I went over and bought her a drink, and after some small talk, I suggested that we leave and go to my home. Well, I was very happy when she said yes. Upon entering our home, after some small talk, I began to kiss her in her neck, and from her neck, I ended the top of her blouse. So basically, I had about a twelve-paragraph affidavit going to explicit detail about what he did with this woman. Um, the divorce was granted. And speak to the judge later. Just ask him if he enjoyed her affidavit or not. Uh, But suffice to say, it's going to be particular uh, to establish sexual intercourse and uh, very hard to prove without an admission. Now, there are cases where people have hired PIs and they've got photographs of people in flagrante delecta. It's an old legal term in the act, uh, exhibiting uh, what can be assumed to be relations, but uh, hard to do. Um, The last uh, ground for divorce, and I've used it uh, quite commonly, is mental or physical cruelty of such a kind as to render intolerable the continued cohabitation of the parties. Um, So tell me about that, Tyler. What do you typically tell your clients when they ask you what cruelty is?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it's got to be, again, you got to be able to prove it and you got to be able to prove it uh, to the degree that, of course, it was, it would be intolerable to live together. Uh, so typically, unfortunately, you know, psychological type of badgering and whatever probably isn't going to constitute it. Uh, of course, you know, uh, the courts do take physical assault pretty seriously, sexual assaults taken pretty seriously, um, you know, and, and there's got to be sufficient proof. Now, I also always tell my clients, uh, especially if they're already living separate and apart, you know, chances are good that this divorce is going to be processed at least a year out from living separate and apart in any event. So we can allege it, um, but we can typically rely on the fact that they all have lived separate and apart for a year uh, prior to the divorce being granted.
0: But I think it's important maybe to let people know if you don't want to wait a year, and sometimes people don't, and sometimes people are actually getting married again.
1: Yeah, there's a good reason,
0: yeah. Insane, but it happens. I would highly discourage it. But um, what, what I usually say to clients, and, and I've probably done uh, more of these than you, um, mm-hmm. it has an objective and a subjective element. And the objective element is, is the treatment that you are complaining of treatment that most people would find to be offensive or something you shouldn't have to tolerate. So to use two examples, um, my spouse punches me in the face. I don't think there's anywhere in the world that would say, objectively, why are you complaining? But um, my husband chews with an open mouth. Okay, uh, some people would find that offensive. Is that the kind of thing you shouldn't tolerate in a relationship? Hard to say. So there's the objective element.
1: And we hear a lot of things
0: on that continuum, on that line. Uh, Now, there's a subjective element. So once you've established that these are the things this person has done that most people would find to be uh, offensive and and not tolerable, how did it affect you specifically? What was your subjective uh, experience? And this is where you say, okay, they did this, that, and the other thing, and this is how it affected me. This is how I felt. And... Typically, I've never had a divorce rejected on on grounds of cruelty, not once in 34 years because uh, I pay attention to that objective and subjective element. And the subjective element, um, and you don't make anything up, you you don't put crap in there that's not true, but the subjective element typically is um, I was depressed, Um, I withdrew from friends and family, I lost weight, I gained weight, I had to go on antidepressants. I was receiving sleep medication because I couldn't sleep. My employers asked me on frequent occasions why I wasn't concentrating at work. So there's there's some subjective uh, ex- exhibition of it was hurting you. And if you mm-hmm. marry those two things together, um, you're probably going to be able to establish cruelty uh, based on even what, might be called mildly offensive if it's a perpetuating thing. I had a judge I was tootling around with that once said to me, "You give me any marriage of more than five years in duration, you put on one page everything that person did that hurt your feelings and made you feel less than you're going to establish grounds for divorce. And so the reality is if you want to get a divorce inside a year, uh, very few cases am I not going to be able to make a case out for cruelty because people typically Don't get divorced when they're happy. Um, So uh, that's grounds. And then you have to declare, uh, is there any possibility of reconciliation? And the form with the uh, um, court of queen's bench doesn't even give you an option. That's just already filled out. So if you're filling this thing out, there's no possibility of reconciliation. You can't get a divorce if you're thinking about maybe getting back together is the theory. Now, that then leads to bars for divorce. Remember we talked about you can't just make stuff up? Um, You have to declare that you have not colluded to get a divorce. So with respect to one-year separation, you can't just go, let's just say we've been separated a year, and then we'll get a divorce. Because that would require you to swear an affidavit, and you can't swear a false affidavit. Well, you can, but then you open yourself up to a charge of perjury, which probably isn't worth the extra. Six months or something, and you're right. getting your divorce quicker than you otherwise would. <clears throat> um, if your allegation is adultery or cruelty, you have to also indicate, and it's basically a X box, that the plaintiff has not connived or condoned the grounds complained of prior to bringing the action. Uh, again, that doesn't apply to when you're separation, but if you've alleged cruelty or adultery, you have to check that box. And what that basically means is, um, you didn't encourage your spouse. So you didn't go to a bar and go, that guy's a pretty good looking guy. You should go uh, sleep with him. That doesn't work for adultery. Um, Condoned. Um, Maybe you're into kinky sex and you like it when your spouse spanks you. That's not cruelty. So you can't encourage or uh, approve of the treatment you're complaining of. That is very infrequent, but you have to still declare that. And again, the whole point is, and I find it, I don't know what your thought is, Tyler, I find it kind of ludicrous, the idea that the government is still in our bedrooms. Pierre Trudeau once said, the government has no place in the bedrooms of Canadians, and yet there they are. They're telling you that you can't get a divorce because you want one. You need the approval of some judge. And there are certain judges, and we know who they are, that don't like divorces. And so you may establish grounds, and they still aren't going to give you a divorce right away. So...
1: There it is. Yeah. You know what? Fair enough. There is a long history as to the involvement of the government in marriages and divorces, you know, and I think it was in 1977 prior to that, there was no such thing as a no fault divorce. You had to have either adultery or cruelty. Um, So it's a long history. We won't get into it, uh, but there it is.
0: Yeah. In my case, I graduated law school in 1985 um, and the Divorce Act, New Divorce Act, then new, came in 1985, but there were still divorces that had been filed prior to 85. And I remember the first couple of years, you had to go to court to get a divorce, even if everything was agreed to. And you'd put your client on a witness stand and they would have to get up in front and, and uncontested divorce court was a busy place. And you had to get up on the witness stand in front of a bunch of people and God forbid you're alleging cruelty. So now you're going to give evidence in front of a bunch of strangers as to what your husband or your wife did that made you feel small. Um, now, since 1985, you can, if it's not contested, you can get a divorce by affidavit evidence. You just submit these documents to the court. Um, so, uh, my, my take is it's it resonated still with religious objection to divorce. Um, yeah, I think you're right about Bill felt that the the Constitution of marriage had a solemnity that should not be easily terminated in some religions more than others uh catholics for example very opposed to divorce um and and so the government uh fighting as they do with their own popularity uh was dragged into the 21st century and they're Mm -hmm. still not already there in terms of look i don't want to be married to this woman or man um i'm not sure why i need a judge to tell me that's okay but there it is. And, and behind that, there's
1: this idea of public policy, right, where we want to value the institution of marriage. We don't want to break it up very easily. But then on the other side, there's public policy. Maybe it's shifting or changing. Maybe it's always been there that, of course, we don't want to keep people in relationships they don't want to be in or tie to these economic unions they don't want to be in or whatever. So maybe public policy is changing or maybe it was always Well, there. I mean, it's, I the same,
0: it's the same bullshit that we heard when people were objecting to gay marriage. Right. Well, oh, the institution of marriage is the foundation of society. And when yeah. you do divorce work for, I don't know, 20 or 30 years, you see how little people really respect the foundation of marriage in some cases. And so I, I always found that a little bit offensive uh, as being used as an argument because uh, it was uh, mm-hmm. a marriage issue. Um, true. Anyway, we digress. Let's keep going. Uh, then you've got to fill out particulars of your children um and any child in which the uh you have that the other spouse stands in the place of a parent and tell us what that tyler what so and look
1: essentially the, the court is just going to say look upon the breakup of a relationship or a, or a marriage in particular we want to make sure the kids are cared for and they want to make sure those kids are cared for by way of child support uh payable usually from the non-custodial parent to the custodial parent and they don't care whether that parent is the biological parent or what we call someone who stands in the place of a parent. Uh, if you're a stepdad or stepmom or whatever, uh, you've got an obligation to support those kids. And those kids uh, uh, have the right to be uh, to benefit from your income and from, and from what hey, you But have. wait
0: a minute. If, if the father of that child is already paying support, I don't have to pay support, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a
1: good chance you are going to pay something. Really? That might not be full support, right? Might not be full support uh, as far as how we calculate child support typically. Uh, But yeah, yeah, step parents pay support for kids.
0: So for child Uh, purposes, you could have more than two two fathers, for example. That's right. How many fathers could you have in theory? I
1: guess it's unlimited, uh, except maybe as to time, how much time a person has. Uh, yeah, so that's so the case law does actually vary a little bit, uh, all the way from the Supreme Court and the way it's been dealt with. There were some Supreme Court cases, and then Alberta Court of Appeal cases, and then there was this institution of what we call the Child Support Guidelines. And now there's been some more cases, and the way that they deal with it has differed a little bit. But uh, but yeah, step parents, you, you got an obligation to support those kids.
0: So uh, and, and that's a good point, and 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 the lesson is. If you're gonna marry somebody with very young children, you need to understand that you're not just marrying them, but you're marrying their previous children if they live with you full time. And if things don't work out, there's a pretty substantial chance you're gonna have a support obligation, not just for the children of your relationship, but for any other child that lives in your home on a on a significant basis. Now, so you list the kids and you list anyone who you're either of you is in a position of parent to during your relationship. Um, and then you're going to propose custody. Um, what do you put in there, Tyler? Well, custody is going to
1: refer to uh, not just how you want to, how, how, what the parenting arrangement is going to be with the kids. It's, it's more in depth. It's parenting rights about these kids and parenting obligations about these kids. And so typically uh, we would want to share joint custody that's an ideal situation where both parents are going to or all parents, if you will, are going to be able to participate in the kids lives in a meaningful way and make decisions. Uh, but if there's reasons that that's not possible, uh, the relationship is such that there's, it's just impossible to make decisions with that person uh, or that person has had little or no involvement with those kids for a particular amount of time. Uh, lots of reasons that you might say, no, no uh, plaintiff wants to allege that they want sole custody. Um, so I guess that's a decision you got to make. So Uh, does being custody
0: mean that you're going to have the kids the same amount of time? No, no. So that really the
1: custody portion is going to refer to the rights and obligations of the parent, not just in relation to parenting time. It's going to be more about decision-making for those kids.
0: Okay. So the way I usually describe that is, um, and I think you're right, uh, it's becoming very infrequent that someone's going to seek sole custody. Yep. Um, And you have to ask yourself, seriously, why do I want that? And there better be some significant departure from normal parenting regimes mm-hmm. um, not just my husband or my wife is a jerk um, the court typically starts with a presumption really of of joint yes. custody i mean both parents have the right to an active and mm-hmm. involved uh, uh, relationship regarding what their kids are going to be doing but you want to define after you say joint custody So what? Do you want the kids to be with you most of the time, all the time, half the time? And so quite frequently, it'll say something like, joint custody with primary care to the plaintiff, meaning that the kids will live with you except when they go visit the other parent. Mm -hmm. But you're both parents. So, uh, or joint custody with de facto care uh, to remain with the plaintiff, or joint custody with full-time care to remain with you, the plaintiff. Alternatively, joint custody with equal shared parenting time between the parents. So you need to be very clear uh, in what you want to uh, establish. If the court accepts your sort of perspective on how the
1: kids should be parented, and you'll see this if you're going along the form with us, you'll see there's a place to put this stuff.
0: Yeah, and then the next paragraph will be the planner proposes access or parenting arrangements for each of the children as follows, and that's where. You really are going to say, well, what should it look like in terms of contact with the other parents or how would we split the time? And so you could say, well, um, primary care with the plaintiff, the defendant to have uh, every other weekend or four days every other week or one night, one week and three nights the other week. You can be a little bit creative in there. Yeah. but that's what you're looking at. Uh, How do you want that? Now you might just use, quite often parents are fluid and cooperative, and it often will say reasonable and generous access or parenting time with the defendant, meaning um, whenever we work it out, that's what it'll be and there's no defined. So you could be defined or you could be general, That's, that's up to you. And then finally it'll say, the plan proposes financial arrangements for each child as follows. If you have a specific arrangement, you should know that it has to comply with the child support guidelines. So you're gonna to wanna to look up child support guidelines and compare the other party's income to what you've agreed. And if the guidelines say based on that parent's income that he or she is supposed to pay $900 a month, you can not agree that it'd be $400 a month. The court won't accept it. They have an obligation except in very rare circumstances to comply with the guidelines.
1: Now, That's because it's
0: not the, it's not a fight between the parents
1: on that. That's a right of the kids from each parent. And there are sometimes some reasons why we might depart from the guidelines, but it's not going to be much. And it's going to be for some significant and, and
0: specific reasons only. Yeah. And I think the idea is to take away the, the extortion power of the non-primary parent. Exactly. Um, you know, I'll pay you $200 a month or else I'm going to make your life a living hell. Yeah. Um, No, you're going to pay what the guidelines say you're going to pay. And you should know that that's not the choice of the most often the mother. It's the law. Right. Now, if you don't know what the other parent makes yet, and that's not uncommon when you start your divorce because you haven't got complete disclosure yet, you could say in there child support in accordance with the child support guidelines. And then you figure that out later once you get the disclosure. Yeah. So if you don't know, you can just say that child support in accordance with the child support guidelines. That's my typical, what I say. I very infrequently will put a specific amount in that area. Yeah. Um, Is there any agreement that you've entered into? An agreement means formal agreements. It doesn't mean my husband says he's going to pay me $250 a month for the child. Do you have a written agreement of some kind really is what paragraph seven is looking for. If there is, indicate what the agreement provides for in terms of parenting, support um, for the children and each other. And then uh, paragraph eight talks about prior court proceedings. The court wants to know, have you been here before or is there another action ongoing at the present time? In that court or a different court, yeah. Yeah. So uh, so you fill that in. Well, you know, we filed for divorce two years ago, but we reconciled and the proceedings were discontinued.
1: Or we've been fighting about parenting for the last year in provincial court and now here we are trying to get a divorce
0: yeah Uh, and then the court wants to know about spousal support um you're claiming support for the following reasons uh or the plaintiff is not claiming support from the defendant or the plaintiff proposes support for the defendant as follows for the following reasons um i find that one of the more ridiculous provisions of of our pleadings, Um, because, particularly for self-represented litigants, the Supreme Court of Canada has, over time, developed a litany of reasons for getting support. Um, There are different arguments about what support's based on. And to ask a self-represented party to fill that all in on your pleading, or even For a lawyer to put that all in there the first uh, day you're filing for divorce is, I think, kind of a little bit ridiculous. Um, I think all that you really should have to plead is that you want support um, because you feel you're entitled to it. And my pleadings almost look like that. Plaintiff is seeking support because the circumstances of the parties are such that it would be appropriate for the defendant to pay support to the plaintiff. I'm not going to get into the... 30 page argument that you'll ultimately uh, put before the court if you have a contested matter um, i want support because i think the circumstances of the relationship are such that it's appropriate if you're self-rep put that in you'll be fine that's good good advice yeah um or if you want to propose support for the other party and sometimes that happens um you want the divorce but you're going to pay support to the other person again you can say i'm proposing to pay the other party 500 dollars a month because they make less money than me and they're looking after the kids primarily or the circumstances of the relationship are such that that's an appropriate amount. Um, You don't need to get too technical in my opinion at that point. And then once you've filled all that in, you get to remedy sought. And there's a, uh, again, checkbox. Well, I want a divorce judgment. I want uh, access, custody, and parenting arrangements as above. And then if you have kids, child support. Do you want child support predating the claim? You can ask for retroactive support. Um, as a rule, the Supreme Court of Canada said you can go back two years if there's been no support paid or you can get adjustments back. As a rule, two years if inadequate support has been paid since your separation. So if you want support before you're filing a statement of claim, you can claim retroactive support. You can also claim retroactive support for yourself and ongoing support. And uh, if you want to seek a restraining order, you can fill that in. We'll talk about that on another day. Mm We will. But that's a serious issue, and there are reasons you may or may not want to get a restraining order. But if you think you want one, you check that. Other relief, as a self-rep, I probably wouldn't worry about that. And costs, if there's no arrangement as to who's going to pay for the filing fees and that sort of thing, you can claim costs from the other party. That's up to you. Now, if you have a lawyer, the lawyer has to fill out a statement saying that they have complied with the requirements of Section 9 of the Divorce Act. Self-rep doesn't have to worry about that. And then it tells you that uh, you have to serve this. So that's all the information on filling this thing out and some of the reasons why those things are there. You then complete this. You're gonna make three copies. You take that into the Court of Queen's bench, you pay them the filing fee, it says 260, is that right? It's 260, yeah, yeah. 260 bucks, and they stamp it, little court stamp, and they give you back two, and you're gonna want to deliver one of those to the other party. Anybody in the world can do it except for you, yeah. Everybody but you. The plaintiff cannot affect service. You also uh, typically need a photograph of the other party so that the person who serves it could look at the photo and know that you didn't just serve your brother or your best friend, you actually served your husband or your wife as the case may be. Uh, And then they need to complete what's called an affidavit of service and you can go online and it'll show you how to do that. Um, But once they're served, if it's in Alberta, they have 20 days to file a defense and if they don't, um you can go ahead and make your application for divorce and we can talk about that another day or you can look online it'll give you a little information how you put that together if you are served uh, outside of alberta it's one month two months have served outside of canada now i don't want to get into this in great detail but if the defendant is outside of canada you need to get an order allowing you to serve outside of canada you can't just do it um And it would be a little complicated to go through that today. Um, But you basically have to satisfy the court that you have good action here, that this is a proper jurisdiction, that the other person happens to be outside of Alberta or or outside of Canada, and where exactly they are and what you're proposing in terms of service. If you're not going to serve them personally, um, you have to provide a reason why you're not going to serve them personally and that it would be inconvenient is not a good reason that it would cost fifty dollars is not a good reason really you have to establish that it would be very very difficult
1: and likely that you've already tried to do it
0: yeah uh typically you make the effort to serve personally and only if you fail do you then go back to court and get an order for substitutional service so that is basically how you file a statement claim for divorce we've taken uh half an hour to kind of explain that um i hope it was a little bit helpful
1: if you guys want further information on how to do this or how to file a defense to it or how to serve it or what to do after you've done this uh contact our firm i like i said i'm going to start these seminars pretty quick here and uh, we can get you uh, registered for my seminars which will be coming up soon
0: yeah now i should say disclosure i am uh the advisory board chair for the national self-represented litigants project but the proposal to put together seminars for self-represented parties was tyler's idea uh, i didn't push him uh, in any manner uh, and so uh, i want to give him all the credit for that uh, i hate to say it i've been with the nsrlp for probably a decade and it took tyler to come up with why don't we see if we can help out self reps in our own area well so,
1: and i'll pass the credit on to the people who are watching that know that they have spurred me in that direction i won't mention names but Some of you know that you've spurred
0: me in that direction, so. So thank you to Tyler for doing that. Cheers. Cheers. So that's our spiel for today. Anything else we want to talk about today?
1: Nope, I think that's good. The, the last little thing I could mention is, look at the very bottom of that document that we talked about, the statement of claim, there's a place and it says uh, you can respond by filing a statement of defense. You have to put the city, the, the jurisdiction, the city uh, where they can file the defense, the same city yeah. that you're filing. But if you do the
0: drop down, it fills in automatically for you.
1: Perfect, oh, okay, good, good, there you so go.
0: Up at the top where you said my judicial center is Lethbridge, It'll once you do it that, if it's Lethbridge, if you're in Red Deer, Medicine Hat, it'll do that for you
1: perfect Uh,
0: so that's kind of a nice thing with the court documents i mean i think it'd be a little bit clearer and the law could be a little less obtuse in some ways but definitely easier now than it was 30 years ago
1: yeah
0: um that's kind of our spiel for today
1: that's good good timing yeah
0: this is fun yeah
1: it's good good
0: any plans for the weekend
1: uh I have to work a little bit this weekend. I got a few things I gotta catch up on. Uh I got a court action that's somewhere between here and British Columbia, or maybe both that I'm working on. Uh, so yeah, I gotta gotta get that sorted out a little bit. How about you?
0: Um I have a little bit of work, but um nothing major. Uh go golfing tomorrow. First time this year. Distanced. Very good. Now am uh, going with my dad so we can't share a cart. It's kind good. of shitty because I kind of like driving along with my dad and driving about the stock and everything. But um, yeah. it's still nice that we're going to get out. And we uh, yeah. going to do a little bit of yard work. Cut my line. Good. So hopefully it's not too bad, but good luck. Thanks, everyone. Have a good right. week, and uh, we will uh, see you next week. See you all next week.